Chapter 7 of Great Testimony Against Scientific Cruelty by Stephen Coleridge. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Jeffrey Smith, New Orleans, Louisiana. Dr. Johnson. Of all the masters of letters that have adorned and elevated the speech of our race, Dr. Johnson is, in many ways, the most lovable. The son of a poor bookseller in Litchfield, with an uncouth figure and an undistinguished countenance, he rose by the massive force of his character and the tireless persistence of his industry to an unchallenged supremacy in the literary world of his age, displaying in his whole life the truth of his own dictum that few things are impossible to diligence and skill footnote the book had lester but this was crossed out and lichfield hand printed in the margin End of footnote. disdaining the common habit of the times he would owe nothing to the patronage of the great is not a patron he wrote to lord chesterfield one who looks with unconcern on a man struggling for life in the water and when he has reached ground, encumbers him with help? He was not very patient with the stupid, or merciful to the absurd, and vanity never came into his presence without receiving swift and mortal blows. But the chastisement of his caustic tongue never fell upon modest worth, and there never lived a man who was a more faithful and affectionate friend. The style of his writing is always balanced and sonorous, and everywhere and always is he the friend of the wise and teacher of the good. No man was more ready to give forcible expression to his amusing prejudices as when he exclaimed that the noblest prospect which a Scotchman ever sees is the high road that leads him to England but to be able to assert of any act of man that dr johnson in solemn seriousness condemned it is forever to arraign that act in the court of human morals and so the judicious must concede that when his authority can be cited in fierce and glowing denunciation of vivisectors they are left in a demersed condition i took occasion when giving evidence before the last royal commission on vivisection to rehearse dr johnson's philippic which i now reproduce below and the dejected and deflated aspect of the vivisectors on the commission when i had finished it caused that moment to be one of those i shall always recall with exhilaration not a word had one of them to say while I waited for any comment they might adventure, and, after a diverting and eloquent silence, Lord Selby from the chair remarked, that leaves no doubt about Dr. Johnson's view in his day. It most certainly does not. The idlers that sport only with inanimate nature may claim some indulgence if they are useless they are still innocent 
but there are others whom i know not how to mention without more emotion than my love of quiet willingly admits among the inferior professors of medical knowledge is a race of wretches whose lives are only varied by varieties of cruelty whose favorite amusement is to nail dogs to tables and open them alive to try how long life may be continued in various degrees of mutilation or with the excision or laceration of the vital parts to examine whether burning irons are felt more acutely by the bone or tendon and whether the more lasting agonies are produced by poison forced into the mouth or injected into the veins it is not without reluctance that i offend the sensibility of the tender mind with images like these if such cruelties were not practiced it were to be desired that they should not be conceived but since they are published every day with ostentation let me be allowed once to mention them since i mention them with abhorrence meade has invidiously remarked of woodward that he gathered shells and stones and would pass for a philosopher with pretensions much less reasonable the anatomical novice tears out the living bowels of an animal and styles himself physician prepares himself by familiar cruelty for that profession which he is to exercise upon the tender and the helpless upon feeble bodies and broken minds and by which he has opportunities to extend his arts and torture and continue those experiments upon infancy and age which he has hitherto tried upon cats and dogs what is alleged in defense of these hateful practices everyone knows but the truth is that by knives fire and poisons knowledge is not always sought and is very seldom attained i know not that by living dissections any discovery has been made by which a single malady is more easily cured and if the knowledge of physiology has been somewhat increased he surely buys knowledge dear who learns the use of the lacteals at the expense of his own humanity it is time that a universal resentment should arise against those horrid operations which tend to harden the heart and make the physician more dreadful than the gout or the stone End of chapter 7